Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you that... You have exalted your word above your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that that uh, your word is a, a light and a lamp to us. We need it so much this morning, so help us as we as we open your word now to take in that which you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now we'll just give a little background here. We're going to start at verse 8 reading, and but we're going to really go into Joseph. But this is the background where Joseph, where Jacob is blessing his children, he and he came to Judah, which was beginning the highlight uh, for change. So it says here in verse 8, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah's alliance whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his old unto his full unto the vine, his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, his teeth white with milk. Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea. He shall be for a haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. Issachar is a strong ass, couching down between two burdens, and he saw that rest was good, the land that it was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear, and he became a servant under tribute. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the well wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Okay, so now in our last study we were here with Joseph, we saw how Jacob saw Joseph as a tree. That's interesting. And he sees him as he looks at him as a tree. In verse 22 he says, he's a fruitful bough, he's a fruitful big branch, big tree. He's a fruitful tree. Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the well, over the wall. 
So from that verse, we saw how Jacob saw three distinctive characteristics about this tree that he saw Joseph as. And first, he saw Joseph was not just an ordinary tree, but it was an unusually fruitful tree. That was Joseph, a tree that's full of fruit. In other words, this tree just gave of itself to help others. And that was Joseph. He was always helping those that he came in contact with. He was constantly giving himself to help others. Joseph was a fruitful tree. You know, oh, that we might be fruitful trees like Joseph was, be bringing forth fruit for others. I mean, many people are fruitful. They're fruitful, all right. But they have the syndrome that could be called fruit for self, fruit for self. And that's what God spoke about when he was talking to Israel in, 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 in Hosea chapter 10, verse 1. Hosea 10, 1, when God said, Israel is an empty vine, he bringeth forth fruit unto himself. So the picture in Hosea 10, 1 is that Israel was bringing forth fruit all right, but he was bringing forth fruit for himself. And therefore, he was an empty vine. Why was an empty vine? Because it means that no one could get fruit off of Israel as a vine. An empty vine gave no fruit for anyone else, just fruit for themselves. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. This is what we are warned against, and, and, and we're warned about in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 24. 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. And, and also we're warned about this in, in Romans 15, 2. Romans 15, 2 says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good unto edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. And when we look at the definition of love, how love is described in charity, love, in, in, the, in the great 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says that love seeks not her own, seeks not her own. But someone would say, well, wait a minute. When, when I want something, shouldn't I be guided by what I want? Isn't that really the guide of my life? Like, I want it, and that's how I should guide my life to get it? And the Lord Jesus addressed this question when he said in Matthew 16, 24, Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him say no to himself. Or, or the way that it's distorted today is when a person says, well, God wants me to be happy and glad and enjoy myself, so I'm going to spend my life enjoying myself to be happy, and I'll be doing the will of God. But as, as a matter of fact, this is the first description of the days in which we live in, which are called perilous times, is, is, is described as this in 2, 2 Timothy 3.1. 2 Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Lovers of their own selves. That's going to be what characterizes our day. It means, and the priority of loving self is described in 2 Timothy 3, 4. 2 Timothy 3, 4 says that, that they would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So we shouldn't be that way. We should be to those who are trying to meet man's needs. Now, for us to try and meet man's greatest need, meet a person's greatest need, that's to be the best servant to that person that we can be. You know, last week I, 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 I called a, a, a lost Jewish friend of mine 
it seems that most all my Jewish friends are lost. But anyway, last week I, I called a lost Jewish friend of mine on the phone, and, and I've been trying to persuade him to come to the Lord. And so when he answered the phone, he didn't recognize my voice. So he said, who is this, please? He said, who is this, please? And I responded, this is the best friend that you have. I told him that this is your best friend. Why? Because when when you seek to persuade a lost person to be saved, you are the best friend that that person has. And that's how the Apostle Paul saw himself as, as a servant who was trying to get the lost saved when he said in 1 Corinthians 10.33, 1 Corinthians 10.33, Paul said, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. See, that was his focus. Now, that was the first distinctive characteristic about Joseph in this tree as he is likened to in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, fruitful bough. Now, second, the second characteristic the second characteristic quality of this unusual tree is that it had a secret source of strength. A secret source of strength. You know, people who passed by this tree, this image of this tree, and saw this unusual amount of fruit on the tree, they would say, what's the reason for why that tree can be so fruitful? And the reason is because, uh, as Jacob described in verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough by a well, by a well. So the secret source that enabled the tree to be so fruitful was the water that came from the well that seeped out of the well and gave water to the tree. Now, Joseph revealed what his secret source was when he was about to give the interpretation to Pharaoh's dreams in in, in Egypt there, and Pharaoh made a big deal over Joseph when he first saw him, as it says in Genesis 41.15, 41.15. And notice what Pharaoh said and how Joseph corrected Pharaoh when it says in Genesis 41.15 that Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, here's the correction, and Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me, but God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So Pharaoh, he first meets Joseph and he, he, he said that he's heard a lot of things about him. He's heard that Joseph has this unusual uh, ability within himself to, to interpret dreams. And then Joseph corrects Pharaoh and says, oh no, oh no, it's not from me that I'm able to interpret dreams, it's from God. That was Joseph's secret source of strength. He stayed close to God like a tree that was planted by a well. And just like Joseph also had a secret source of strength, we do too. And it comes, and the Lord Jesus spoke about it, revealed it. He spoke about it in John 15, 5, John 15, 5, when he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Actually, there is something we can do without him. We, we can do a lot of damage, actually. But anyway, without me, you can do nothing. So just as the tree by the well has a secret source of strength, we've got it too. We've got it too, and it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the reason for fruitfulness uh, in our lives. Just like this hymn, this hymn, take time to be holy. Take time to be holy. Speak off 
with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. That's our secret source of strength. We draw from our secret source of strength when we take time to feed on the word of God, to speak often with our Lord in prayer. Now, third, Joseph's third distinctive as a tree from verse 22 was that his branches ran over the wall. It ran over the wall. Now, Joseph was the first Jewish person to bring to the Gentiles the knowledge of God. And of course, he did that in Egypt. And he fulfilled, Joseph fulfilled, he fulfilled the commission, but he was really like a prophecy of what the Jewish people are going to do. When, when the Lord Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Joseph is the first. And today is the time of the Gentiles. And so in which the Gentiles are carrying the gospel to the world of Gentiles. But when Israel is restored, then the 144,000 is going to pick up where Joseph left off. And that's going to be when again, the branches are going to run over the wall. They're going to run over the wall, carrying the gospel, the good news, the knowledge of God to the Gentile world. Now we come to verse 23, where it says here that the archers, those are shot arrows, have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Now this is the fourth characteristic that Jacob now has told us about Joseph. And it is the fact that Joseph, as great as he was and all the secret source of strength and his giving of himself and extending himself, reaching out. With all of that, Joseph had many enemies. He had many enemies. You think to yourself, why such a good person? He had many enemies, and they were called archers who shot at him. They hated Joseph. That's what it says in verse 23. They sorely grieved him, they shot at him, and they hated him. They hated him. They wanted to destroy, the archers wanted to destroy the tree. And when we think back of, uh, on the archers that shot at Joseph, there were his own brothers. They hate, his own brothers hated him and tried to destroy him. There was Potiphar's wife who hated him and tried to destroy him, shot at him, shot at him, shot at him, all these enemies. And when we read of the archers who, who hated Joseph and we think about the life of Joseph, we really come to, come to understand there was no reason there was no reason for Joseph's enemies to hate him. There was, Joseph loved his brothers, and they returned, and they returned hatred for his love. Joseph cared for his brothers when he was seeking them as they were taking care of the sheep out there by Shechem, and, and they returned hatred for his love when they threw him into this waterless pit in the desert. And Joseph was caring for Potiphar. He was caring for Potiphar and his wife when he was being diligent to take care of their home. And, and, and God was blessing everything that he was doing in the home, in the field. But Potiphar's wife returned hatred for his love. So we read verse 23 where it says that the archers sorely grieved Joseph and, 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 and we, and hated him. And what we come to understand also was that Joseph was not insensitive to this hatred. You know, he didn't say, oh, well, water off the duck's back. No, not at all. I mean, this really hurt him in his heart. And the same, of course, when you can't, you can't help but look at a picture like that and see the Lord Jesus Christ because he was loving. He was caring to his own Jewish people 
when, 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 when he received hatred in return for his love. And he spoke about this. He spoke about this also in that John 15, I am the vine chapter, a little bit farther down in John 15, 22, John 15, 22, when he said, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. They had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. See, when the Lord Jesus Christ was saying that about the law, and by the way, the law, don't only think of the law as just the Torah, just the first five books of Moses. Oftentimes the whole of the Old Testament is called the law, as in this case, because this was quoting from Psalm, from the Messianic Psalm 69, in which you really get the feel of what he was, what he was feeling when you read these words in Psalm 69 two about this hatred without a cause that he experienced. He said in Psalm 69 two, I think in deep mire where there's no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dry. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They that would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty, are mighty. So Joseph was in this condition, and he would have been destroyed. He would have been destroyed by his enemies, but he prevailed. And the reason he prevailed is in verse 24. And again, verse, the, the previous verse talking about the archers that were shooting at him. So now we get to Joseph's archery, where it speaks about his bow in verse 24, when it says, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. So here we read that Joseph, he's he's an archer too. He's an archer also, and his bow is continuing in strength. Now, this is a beautiful picture that Jacob is painting here in verse 24. It's a picture that Jacob has painted here, not of a tree, but now it's a picture of a little boy. And it's a little boy that's holding a bow. And this little fellow that is holding this bow, he's just too weak to shoot an arrow. I mean, the little guy can hold the bow up and the little guy can, can, can put his finger on the string, but his arms aren't too, they're not strong enough to pull back on the string. And so the little guy is frustrated and he's discouraged because his arms aren't strong enough to, to be able to pull the, 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 the string back so he can shoot the arrow. Now, I want you just to kind of get the full picture of this. It's just to, in your mind, just to imagine, just to think about little Clark. Okay, we all know little Clark, you know, Clark Cable. Clark Cable is funny, you know. Anyway, Clark Cable, you know, because... And just picture this little guy, little Clark, and he's got this bow, he's got this arrow, and he really wants to do it. Maybe he's seen Scott shoot the bow and arrow. <laughs> he goes, I want to do it, you know. So, but he's just too, too weak to pull back on the string and shoot the arrow. 
And now picture little Clark, and he, you know, he's, he, he wants to shoot it, and he looks up at his dad, you know, who, who in Israel, when, when Clint was over there recently, there was a couple of Israelis standing there laughing at him. And so he said, what are you laughing at? And they said, because you look like Hercules, they said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so, so just picture little Clark. He's looking at his dad's big arms, you know, and, 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 and he's thinking that only if he had arms like his dad, then he could pull back on this bow and he, and he really wants to shoot this arrow. And so his, so his, so Clint, his dad, he tells Clark, it's okay, Clark. It's okay. Just do your best. Do your best. Pick up the bow, hold the string, and aim it as best you can. But, you know, Clark is frustrated because he knows he can't pull back on the string. But Clint tells him to, to, to go ahead and stand there like he's going to shoot the arrow and aim like he's going to shoot the arrow and stand there as if his, his, his arms were strong enough to pull back on the string. So little Clark does that, picks up the, the, the bow and the arrow there and, and stands and he's got his feet all in the right position and everything. He stands, he wants to shoot that arrow, even though he knows his arms aren't, aren't strong enough to pull back. And then Clint comes up behind Clark and he reaches over him with his hands and, and he, he puts his hands on Clark's arms. That's what Clint does. He puts his hands on Clark's arms and now instantly uh, the, the arms of Clark's hands have been made strong by the mighty arms of Clint, see? And so now, you know, Clark can feel as Clint is pulling back, you know, the arms, that the, his arm, the, his, his Clark's arm, he can feel the, 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 the string coming back, he's ready to shoot this arrow, and then, Clark, and then Clint says to Clark, okay, Clark, pull back on the string. And as Clint feels uh, Clark's arms kind of try, then Clint pulls back on Clark's arms. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, 
meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 